Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. Um, I am finding my pen. Here it is. So, here we are. 914-338-0164 is the call-in number. So, uh, call us if you would like a reading or to discuss any topics we might be presenting today. Again, 914-338-0164. Also, we invite you to join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our blog talk radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. And I'm going to, once again, just mention the petition that we have posted um, about not riding elephants when touring uh, countries like India and Thailand. Please sign that petition because it's very important for the well-being of those animals. And I guess... That's all we have to say in terms of any announcements. Anything you want to say, Neil? No. That's, uh, I mean, the abuse of animals is worldwide, so it's, that's just a sliver of, of concern. But anything, in, anything that you can do to make a donation or sign a petition or even go out and volunteer your efforts to help animals uh, it, it'd be a very good thing to do. Right, animals in shelters are very compromised severely right now because of COVID. A lot of people that were in apartments and got evicted have pets that they had to give up because they're homeless. And so the shelters are extremely overwhelmed. And what happens with these animals is they're not cared for properly. Uh, rabbits, for example, not being fed at the shelter, um, dogs not being walked, cats not getting playtime and attention. So it's a dire situation. If you can donate your time, definitely, definitely do that. And of course, donations always help to those organizations. We donate and, uh, you know, try to give a little bit to a wide variety of organizations because there's wild animals, you know, the animals like in the uh, in Africa, tigers, bears, elephants, and then we deal with that are domesticated. And there's just a wide range of animals that are at risk in different capacities. It's very sad. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, together with climate change and and uh, overbuilding and industry and hunting. Now they're suggesting that that hunting grizzly bears might become legal again, right? Just because there's a certain quota that's now been reached. because they have they, they, the population them. is expanded. Also, um, what country? What country did you mention? You mentioned an article to me which I did not read, but it was about safari hunting, and you know people going on safaris and having this wildlife reserve where they can hunt yeah. elephants and. Um, rhinoceros. All yeah, I think that was uh, in. Um, I think that was in. Africa, no, no, it was in Kilimanjaro. It was like Tanzania or something. And I said to you, this is a place that protects animals. And I was very surprised, but the president and, you know, said this is what we're doing, and we're going to allow um, hunting of these animals. And it's terrible because you know they're many that are going extinct. Anyway, I know a lot of people aren't interested in animals, you know, that's not a priority for them, but we really need to think about our whole ecological system and how we're interdependent. 
Well, we try to share some time on our show for those kind of topics because just because of our concern for animals and uh, allowing a platform so we could express those concerns and maybe enlighten people. I think people who are enlightened already know what to do, but it's always good to have something new going to your mind that you can do to help our fellow creatures on the planet. And, uh, you know, anything, anything, even to the smallest degree. Yes, signing a petition. You know, I I get petitions regularly from Lady Freethinker, which is an organization here in Los Angeles that helps animals. I believe I do monthly donations to them as well. Um, And they have a wide variety of animals that they protect. Um, And I get those petitions. I mean, I have a ton coming to my emails, care.org. And there's, again, all kinds of petitions, not only for uh, animals, but there's political petitions that can be signed, environmental petitions, and it does help to add your name to the list. The other thing I just wanted to add is, you know, I used to be a a vegetarian. I mean, I've been a vegetarian on and off since I was 19, but there have been phases where I've been a meat eater, and I didn't ever eat a ton of meat. You know, I was basically a vegetarian, occasionally eating meat, and then for about 10 well, how long have I been here? 11 years? I've been a, a vegetarian, but occasionally I would eat fish, but I can't do it anymore. I just can't eat fish. When you, when you start to investigate how our oceans are being overfished, how these fish and other creatures in the ocean are, I mean, it's amazing. We watched a special on PBS and, uh, you know the the coral reefs are 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 being damaged. It's an intricate design of relationships. Uh, even in the oceans, fish interact with one yeah. another. There's a communication. Right. There's a sense of protection. Um, and and, and I, you know, to me, all creatures are are amazing. And even in the element of fish, I mean, there, there were some fish that. Uh, or being affectionate with divers that were down there and interacting with them and curious. Yeah, uh, swimming in their mouths like they do with, with the sharks. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. These tiny fish go into the, shop, mar- yeah, the mouths the of sharks and clean the teeth. And you could and- just say they see it as a food source. But, you know, it, 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 there's more to it than that because when you study the, these fish, species, uh, they they do have certain, they have emotions, they seem to uh, have some sense of communication that is in the fish world, a language. So it, it's quite fascinating. I, for one, I can't eat anything that is that has a brain. It, it just it isn't where I go. But uh, And the fact that I was privileged enough to be able to talk with animals and talk to animals and feel their energy and their language. And translate uh, the vibration into a language, which is remarkable. Uh, Anyway, but I mean, you're saying that, you know, you could think of it as a food source for the tiny fish, but what about the shark or these other large creatures thinking of these fish, Consider, you know, regarding these small fish that are cleaning their mouths as a food source? They don't. I mean, there's an, an amazing trust level between these um, yeah. these animals. So it's um, even with the great white sharks, there have been divers who have interacted with them on a primary level. Uh, a lot of those great white sharks are they mistake divers for seals? They think yeah. it's their food source, but they don't. They call them man eaters, but that isn't their typical diet. Human beings aren't their typical diet. No. It's usually a mistaken identity there. And in that video, a a diver was having opened her mouth and the small fish were were entered her mouth. Uh, Additionally, there was a segment where three different kinds of sharks were swimming together like they were a pack, like, you know, a gang. Yeah. Really, I mean, it, it, remarkable, remarkable to see these species. Do you think that they would be um, enemies, these different types of sharks? And they were buddies. Yeah, it, it's, it's so, fascinating. I don't eat fish anymore. I mean, I just can't do it. I can't do it. No, I don't I, want to do I, it. I, I, I've never been able to be comfortable with it. But 
and shrimp are gross. They're the cockroaches of the sea. You know, that would be one thing I'd say, well, you know, I can eat shrimp. Oh, forget it. Look at shrimp and cockroaches. They're in lobster, very similar. And of course, eating lobster is terrible because the way lobsters are, are killed. And they have a very intricate communication system, too. I'm allergic so, to lobster. Uh, but anyway, you know, it, that's it, a different story. It, you know, what, what, but when you get down to it, um, it's even a known fact that, that chickens recognize human faces and they have a language and they have a certain sense of intelligence and they can count up to 10. So it's just, you know, we, we, we tend to think that living things are food source, such as animals. And some people just don't care. It's just that's their preference and they enjoy the taste of it. And, and that's, yeah, so, I mean, that's how it is. When, and maybe sometimes some, at some point in their soul's journey, they'll evolve to a point of not, not being a meat eater. Yeah. I mean, Jesus ate fish. Well, fish and loaves. He also I, drank I, wine. I, I don't follow his diet. So. <laughs> but, uh, it, it is something to think about. It, and, um, you know, there, there's a place, I think, where we should all respect the life sources around us. And if you can, separate yourself from that to such an extent that you validate their existence without having to consume them, that, that would be a good thing. Um, we're getting more in the world to that, plant protein and plant substituted things. Um, uh, or it tastes, I mean, when we, we plant food, plant hamburgers, whatever. Plant hamburgers. I, I mean, to me, it tastes like a hamburger smells. Uh, I know, mean, it's, it, I, I've, you know, I've eaten meat more recently than you have. I think you were five when you stopped. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, there are very similar, similar meat products that are plant-based. They taste like, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, I wasn't, necessarily, I, like I said, I wasn't like a huge meat fan necessarily, but when you're substituting meat, um, you know, it's a lot about texture. And when I ate meat, it was all, all often about the the seasoning or the flavoring. You know, if you eat tacos, like yeah. all pastor tacos or something, it's about the sauce or going to Chinese food. And the sauces are more important than the meat. So if you can use meat substitutes to prepare similar meals at home and you learn how to make sauces that are, that are, um, that are like the ones they, they make in the restaurant, then you'll be very satisfied eating at home. And a lot of restaurants now do offer choices. But, you know, it's... I mean, you're so creative in the kitchen. I mean, well, let's yeah. talk about, let's talk about your chef, uh, your experience as a chef. Meal. A, a pot of water, <laughs> rice, and uh, heat. It's, 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 that's my cookbook. That's called my cookbook. Okay, so... Uh, Getting back to the topic at hand. What is the topic at hand? What are we going to talk about? Well, you know, I I can say one thing. Um, You know, I've been having these journeys at night, and they've been rather disturbing. So I want to say it's a scary world out there. Well, it's not a world. The astral realm is, I mean, there are many dimensions to the astral realm. But I've been visiting souls that are in lower fields and it's so you're still in the ocean huh? <laughs> i'm it's it's disturbing i mean i've just shared with you the last three nights my dreams i woke up what what was it three in the morning and i said this is my dream this is what happened i mean it was in a movie theater with all this trash and a tarp then was i was cleaning trash and then a tarp was covering the seats with grime all over it and then i ended up talking to this couple who um were very I mean, very strange, but exotic looking, exotic looking. Um, And there were people there, obviously, filled in the movie theater. Another night I had a dream about people all in a room with tables and chairs, like a multi-use room. But I knew in the dream that I was in, you know, a, a lower element of the astral realm where souls reside when they don't transcend. And there's kind of been an area that's stuck. Um, So, yeah, there is a, 
there is a fine line between having a dream that incorporates things you've been doing, doing during the day and your mind triggers associations real quick so you have a visual in-the-body dream as opposed to actually entering into the astral realm, leaving your body and entering into the astral realm and having an experience on that level. The, the, the astral realm can be composed of, you, of a person encountering other people having dreams and you wind up in the same spot. So you're actually looking at the astral bodies of other people sleeping. And you can also enter the... Uh, other people that are sleeping, but of course in the dream they're awake. You're not looking no, at sleep. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're sleeping bodies. Right, they're sleeping they're bodies. bodies right. And coming the astral it, bodies. Yeah, just so And you, they all come to a common place. There's also the uh, premise that you, when you go into the astral realm, you can actually go into a, a, a world, if you will, that... Uh, where there are souls, spirit souls, sort of entrapped within that realm, and they're, for whatever reasons, and you're encountering their experiences there. And so what usually happens is when the astral body leaves the sleeping body, it enters the astral realm. And the astral realm is very diverse. There's all different sections and rooms and worlds out there. But sometimes we go into a common place where a lot of souls go upon physical life. Departure, yeah. Ending. And, and typically when you're dreaming, your astral body may end up in such a place where you actually encounter the soul spirits of people that have no longer have a silver cord to the body, they're detached and, and it's recognizable. So I want to say something, not all souls. I mean, the, the places that I've been in my astral travels the last three nights have been definitely a, what you would consider like a limbo area. And even if a soul is on the astral realm doing work on the soul or, you know, hasn't, fully graduated to the, 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 the spirit level of the astral, the highest level, it doesn't mean all souls are in a limbo state, a, you know, that state where there's somewhat of a desperation of the souls. So, I, I mean, there are higher levels of the astral realm where you will encounter souls that aren't, quote unquote, transcending, but they're on a they're on a better course than these souls on this lower level. Um, this was, like I said, disturbing. <laughs> it's been disturbing, but it's interesting to to experience what the astral realm holds. Well, you know, it, it's sort of crudely speaking, it's sort of like a stranger for the first time entering on the ground to the high school. And you know, who do they encounter? Do they encounter the chess club? Or do they encounter where the surfers hang up or where the hoodlums go or the gangs go or the academic group? Or do they go into the drama class? You know, the universe, and then you're, you encounter that group and, and all the activity that that group is involved in. In the astral realm, there are groups. And sometimes you encounter a lower grade energies that are all commonly heaped together under some banner of conduct that maybe was misconduct. Misconduct that that, that essentially required, uh, or will eventually require a return to the planet, but it landed them in an in a in an area that is a darker darker yeah. space. I you know in my early days at UCLA. Um, I, I got lost. I, 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 couldn't figure, I couldn't figure out where the uh, room was I was going to. And I ended up walking into a room where the Black Panthers were having a meeting. A really roused up, heated meeting. And this was and, in a time of great racial tension. Oh, so, oh yeah. So this it's not like... In the early 70s. And the Black Panthers uh, were intense. Yeah, they were As they far were as their... And um, dislike of Caucasian. Uh, so I walked in, and lo and behold, they all stopped and stared at me, and you know, questioned me and whatever. It, it was very tense. 
Um, I couldn't leave without giving a donation. So that that was the only way I was able to escape unscathed. But, uh, Weird. But, it, you know, again, here I am trying to find the particular room that where I would have been greeted with a little bit of better uh, introductions than walking into that area, but yet it was part of the university at large. And that's not to say that it was all uniform in conduct. It, it wasn't. Uh, but, but that's logical. This astral realm is the same way. Uh, I've, I've encountered, uh, in the astral realm, I've encountered demons and dark, dark, horrible spirits. Uh, and I, what I learned is that they really can't harm you. They, they can scare you, they can intimidate you, but they really don't they have really a lot can't of power. So my experience with them was greatly reduced by this knowledge. But it, when I was a child and I was entering those realms, it was quite frightening. I was a victim of severe nightmares for a good part of my childhood. But then again, I would wake up and see ghosts just staring, uh, souls staring at me and and trying to communicate. I had frequent nightmares as a child, too. Huh? I had frequent nightmares as a child, yeah. actually. Just I, I mean, nightmares can just there. be nightmares. Yeah. But sometimes they enter into a darker, much darker realm. Yeah, I mean, I do find myself waking up in the middle of the night after these dreams um, and being like, jarred. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, you see, it's just... There, the the question the question can be asked well what is the astral body and how does it think if you're leaving the physical body without a brain what is the connection well in the astral realm of speaking with astral bodies that astral body is still connected to your consciousness as a silver cord so the cable still connects it's like a long cord and so the the idea that What's happening is that the astral body is communicating back to the physical body what the experience is. Physical body has to decode it. Sometimes it's decoded in, in symbolism because the astral environment is just too hard to explain in its raw material and it's too complicated. So the brain unscrambles the complications and tries to associate it. Oh, well, then this is a big room with four people in it. and but it really, it's a, it's a void, maybe a void, maybe it's a orb. It may be something that we on the earth would not necessarily be able to identify with or define. So there is that idea that is usually going. When, also when you're dreaming uh, and you leave the body, it will, we've said this many times, it will feel like you're flying, like a sense of flight, like movement. Now, a therapist may say, well, you, well, you drive in a car, you fly in a plane, you're just res, um, assembling that energy into a dream. And so, you know, you have that motion. And that can be if you're just having a psychological dream. But if you're actually leaving the body, there is a sense of motion. And that's one indication uh, that you are having an out of a body experience. A lot of these people talk about, well, you know, I died and I came back and actually I was on the operating table or I was in a car crash and I was pronounced dead, but I came back and my heart beat again. And what I experienced was there's this brilliant white light and the most loving angels and guides and spirits. There is a realm that where there is a realm that one who has died or, or has been pronounced dead, that one can enter. It's a higher, much higher realm, and there can be a brief encounter there if, you, if your body actually stops. Right, but the, but, the, but the brief encounter there. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people that have these near-death experiences or, you know, dying experiences, death experiences where they flatline and then, you know, they go to this um, other realm that's very peaceful and, you know, filled with light and they feel a release from their body. This, the thing about it is 
just because that, I mean, that's just a snapshot of what the astral realm holds. So, you know, basing, you, you cannot base what is involved in the astral realm or where a soul goes on an experience that is a near-death experience because it's just a small, small sliver of what actually happens when a soul departs. And when it's permanent, they may go to that realm, but then, you know, they can travel to another realm. They go on the perimeter. To enter the realm, there's no turning back. If you're in the realm, there's not even a thought of the earth anymore. Right. You're, You're not even... Now, very wonderful, loving, generous people can cross over and remain in an astral plane where there's great comfort and joy and love and the energy's nice and they're telling human beings on the earth, oh, this is, you know, I'm so peaceful. And, and there is that realm. But when you ultimately transcend into the uh, highest realms beyond comprehension, there is, there is no memory of the earth. Can you imagine? There's no memory. You're, you're a pure spirit. And you're engulfed in this light that is filled with a consciousness we can't even comprehend. Yeah. And that's the, ultimately the place where we all ultimately are, would like to go. Would like to go. But there's no memory of the earth. So all the things you think are important down here, everything that you try to live and strive for, on certain levels, that's important. But when you get to the end that's, of the, right. when you get to the, to the beginning of infinity, and you climb you're aboard on that spaceship, and you're in that realm, the Earth is insignificant. Insignificant. So it's not even it's not even recognizable. So there, there is no planet. When you when you when when you evaluate your life on a human level and think, what are the things that are important to me? Where do I place my importance? You know, job, relationship. Which I mean, obviously, relationship is important. Uh, relationship with friends, relationship with a, a romantic partner, um, what what you wear, <laughs> fashion. I mean, these are all things that people think about, you know, their creativity, but it doesn't matter once you're in that realm. So it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's just separating, trying to have perspective about a higher existence when you're on the earth can be very challenging because the things of the earth that cause one to uh, be more earthbound in their nature can can be very challenging when trying to achieve or to achieve isn't the right word, but to 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 be in a higher energy field where the thing, the you know material things don't matter so much. Um, you know the other thing is yesterday we connected with. I mean it was a busy day, lots of different souls that have crossed over, and um, you know it's. Intense, and I know you had an experience where uh, uh, this soul entered your body, and it was a very emotional experience for you. Um, yeah, that's always a. If you're doing reading and you're connecting to a soul that's crossed over, there's one method that you just talk to them, and you're conversing, and that's great, that's fine. But when they decide to, if, I don't know if they asked for permission or what. No, I guess they, they didn't. When they she decide to, to actually enter into your energy, into your body, it's, uh, you know, it's much like, um, it, 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 was, it was a fun movie, but they got a lot right in that movie, Ghost. Ghost. When I watched it, I thought, hmm, they're getting a, a lot of this is right. This is pretty good. The rest of it was silly. But, but when Whoopi Goldberg, when that spirit went into Whoopi Goldberg, When the spirit went into Whoopi Goldberg, she had a very intense emotional experience. And, you know, I don't even remember, gosh, I don't yeah. even remember the specifics of that movie. But it was, you know, it was very accurate in terms of how it was described. I wonder why. I wonder if you advised them on that film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I mean, it's overwhelming. You're not in charge of your emotions. Uh, maybe it's just the act of a spirit entering you. 
is is such that it's so overwhelming that you're getting like you're getting overdosed with spirit soul energy so it's like you almost overdosed you took too much medicine and and you go into convulsions or you go or you become very emotional and in my world i become very emotional uh, it seems to have happened so many times and it does uh leave you tired yeah there's a certain uh yeah there's a certain um you're you're dealing because you're dealing with the intensity of of a spirit soul without a body and so that high concentration of energy especially if it's um enraptured by love or gratitude it's overwhelming um you know when you get into the other side, look at other movies like The Exorcist and and um, Peter Blady or Blady, that book in that movie. Ah, where, um, something I've seen. Uh, Peter Blady? Well, he was the writer. Oh, uh, William Blady, or I forget his name. I don't know what you're... He's the, the writer of The Exorcist. Oh, of The Exorcist, yes. And okay. then the movie, right. of, course, of course. I don't know. The Exorcist I've seen. Yeah. With you. Now, when the priest... Uh, Told Satan to turn horrific and all that monstrous, and then he jumped out the window. Um, it, well, for one thing, it, it's kind of silly because if the if um, if the priest said to the devil, "Jump into me from Linda Blair, jump into me," and uh, uh, and then I will jump out the window and kill you. That doesn't happen. You know, you know the, Satan didn't die when he jumped out the window in that theory. And Satan could have gone right back to to uh, Linda Blair. I don't know who she, I can't remember the name she was um, playing. The character's but, name, no, I don't remember but, either. That's you know, it, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. But it, now if you have a, a dark energy go inside you, I've, in my experiences have gotten rid of dark energies in homes, but I never became possessed by a dark spirit. I would, I would, I, I deliberately put a block around me. So, so I mean, that's, 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 I mean, that's something that's important to say because if, you know, if you're not experienced on how to, how to, how to get rid of energy and you're trying to excise the spirit from the home, you're you're subject to to being uh, I mean possessed is is a dramatic word but the spirit negative spirit can affect the person that's trying to get the spirit out of the home if they're not skilled enough to be able to get rid of the energy. Yeah, it, it it's uh, you know we we have to take these entities with some portion of, of seriousness because they, they, they can be very powerful. On the other hand, we can't go overboard and think that, you know, oh, we, we can easily be possessed by a good spirit or a bad spirit. I really believe you have to be equipped and know, actually kind of know how to be possessed. There's a certain energy field and we're talking about chakras and consciousness. So in most regard, um, it's as hard for a spirit to get inside of a person's body and occupy it as it is for a jump to jump up in the air and not land. Yeah. You know, we are prisoners of the earth. We're all prisoners of the earth. And that's called gravity. Yeah. So just real quick, we're going to take the call. In the, in the reading that we did earlier yesterday, and we were connecting with various souls. There was a point where I also became emotional, but I would not say that that spirit entered my body, but I was impacted, impacted heavily by the emotion of that soul spirit yeah. that we were connecting with. So I did tear up right. briefly. I did tear up um, when, you know, we were making these validations connections. The other thing I want to say is, you know, because there was so much spirit soul activity yesterday, there were various things going on in the home and yesterday there was, so you were upstairs and I was expecting a package and I heard a knock at the door. So I went to the door and I mean, it was a knock and I opened the door 
and no one was there. So, I mean, weird stuff happens. Let's take the caller, though. Hi there. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, I've been, How are you? Hi. I've been listening to you, and, um, like, everything that you're saying totally resonates with me, especially, like, as a child. I could feel them coming and sitting in my body. And, but it was like a struggle because I didn't want them there. Now I don't care. But as a kid, you, you, yeah. know, it was, you know, it was like pushback, pushback, pushback. Um, and when I have done trans and I've had entities come in and sit in, it's once they attune to your vibrational level, it goes away. But there is that rush of emotion. It's like, yeah. it's like you're all smoked like a huge bag of weed. Your body tingles. Great analogy. (laughs) But I've also had where um, when my son was really young and I was learning how to do energetic healing, um, I was, we're learning about clearing auras and that sort of thing. And when I tuned into his aura, I could see someone sitting right inside his aura, like this old, dirty old man kind of thing. Well, not even that old, like maybe in his 40s or 50s. Just, but I got a very bad feeling about this person. I said to my son, I said, do you feel like someone's ever staring at you? And he says, yeah, all the time. And there's no hmm. one there. And he says, and touching me. And I went, oh. So I got rid of them out of the aura. So they weren't actually sitting within him, but they were like, Within in his energy that sort of energetic field, yeah. Yeah, that can happen. For sure. Yeah, yeah the degrees of energy between a human being and a spirit, there's, there's, there's certain layers of definition of how they're unionized and for what purpose. And usually spirits will not invade a body. Um, most spirits won't. It's like you walk down the street, you're not going to, jump into somebody's house but to have a spirit in your uh, spirit soul in the auric field i mean is definitely possible so it's not a complete possession of the body but you know having that energy in your aura is you know it's just if we if we if we were intelligent enough to understand the spirit world a spirit around us is no different than walking outside and seeing birds they're there and they're they're countless they're all over and, uh, you know, if your third eye is awakened and you go outside and peer through the world with your third eye, you see them. As a child, I, I couldn't recognize one from the other at times because a lot of these entities appear in human, almost like human form. I think the energy of what, where they came from in their living state, it still reabsorbs in, inside their spirit. And so through at least my naked eye, I would often see spirits like dressed up in clothes and stuff like that. But in actuality, in they're, the astral realm, they they're don't not. Need it. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, when you know, in my dream state, these dreams that I've been having, there the the settings are very much like settings you would see on the earth. And of course, they're not really, you know, they don't spirits don't you know sit in a rocking chair and and play cards and all this, but if they are absorbed in whatever energy field they left in, especially if it's a negative energy field, like they're drug users or they're complainers, if you enter that field, you're going to absorb that yeah. energy from them. We're switching topics in four minutes, but anyway, God, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to fit everything in. And Jennifer, do you, did you, did I interrupt you? No, no, Jennifer, I think, you know, I, I'm glad you're sharing. Because, yeah. You know, a, a lot of us leave with the impression of what we did on the earth. It's almost like when you put your fingerprint on something or when you, you're looking at something, you close your eyes, you still see the image of it. A lot of fresh souls will, will leave and uh, in, in, their, in their substance, they, there's a reenactment of, of how they, what they did on the earth, how they spent their time on the earth. It's somewhat like a mirage, but it's there, but it isn't there. So that impression can be put upon us. What happens with the soul is that the soul will absorb the activities of the body and, and, and you know, assemble it in any like manner. So our souls are still somewhat connected to our bodies, even though the silver cord may be broken upon death, 
the soul still has some memory. They say that when you're, if you're guillotined, that there's like 10 seconds or so where the head, the oxygen, they can still see. That's why they used to raise the head up, the French Revolution, to, you know, not just as a display that somebody was beheaded, but the idea, and this has been medically perhaps proven, that there's still consciousness in the, in the brain even upon decapitation, don't, just, for a while, don't just for a second. Yeah, I, I know that as well, but don't they sometimes use a cloth over the face because of that as well? I've, I've yeah, seen they that. Might, that might be one of the reasons. Um, why, but. but anyway, I don't know. Is, is, is Jennifer? Yes. Is there something else you want to say? No, I just wanted to participate. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know... It's 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 good. We yeah. have some feedback and uh, anything else. Well, I, I kind of wonder too. Like, so that guy, like, I, I definitely got a pedophile uh, vibe from that guy that was in Ooh. my son's aura, and I wonder. And I did, you know, I I did get rid of it, and because I asked him two weeks later, I said, "Do you still think that someone's watching you?" He said, "No." So I, I do feel like I was. Ex- successful in getting rid of that just wondering like um if other people aren't so spiritually aware like you know is there a point where like if not everybody's you know going to be taking energetic healing and looking at their kids or and that sort of thing do these things take care of themselves do you think what do you think well i think that uh negative energies can linger around people especially if they're involved in dark activities but when we're talking about kids i mean that how you know why would that why would that spirit soul be in the energy of your son i mean perhaps a past life um with that soul maybe your son entered an area where this the that spirit soul attached to him well, two, you know, uh, Jennifer, children are vulnerable. Yeah. So, you know, we don't, as adults, really necessarily say, oh, if a stranger offers us candy, we can be susceptible to a crime. But children are vulnerable. So spirits see them as vulnerable. Even in the predatorial world, uh, the, the predators will go after the young, the weak. So if if a spirit is malevolent and and uh, it's a ill intent, there can be some suspicion behind their attempt to connect. Also, uh, children are more susceptible. So a lot of these spirits don't mean harm. They don't really mean harm. And, and what's surprising is that some of the ugliest looking, evil looking spirits that I've seen were actually nice. saints in, in disguise. Um, it's oh, sort of yeah. like that Frankenstein, and you know, to, to, in the movie Frankenstein, he a blind man encounters Frankenstein and offers him drink and food in his cabin, and Frankenstein is a gentle soul to the man. And I want to just add to this, now, you Frankenstein's know, monster. What I've seen new morph into Neil has morphed into the most frightening. I mean, I can't even describe. The, the the monster alien uh, <laughs> characters that you've morphed into. Yeah, I, I mean, your face is disfigured. You know, I mean, totally unrecognizable. I'm a big fan of. So I mean, or, that, that you know, that's to support your statement that not everyone that looks not, yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Um, you know, you just you have to cut. You don't gauge the appearance so much as the as as the content. That's what's most important, I've come to realize. Same in our human population. People who are outcasts, who are yeah. have friendless, homeless, you wouldn't get near them. They have hearts of gold. They would never harm anybody. They would save your life if they had to. So it's just part of the, the spirit world. It's just array with all different kinds of uh, contrasts. Does that help, Jennifer? Oh, yeah, no, and this is really interesting. I'll continue to listen on the computer. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Jennifer. So I'm just switching today, but I do want to talk about something important. So 
as many of you know, there um, have been spy balloons or balloons claimed to be uh, weather meteorological balloons. Um, China saying they're meteorological balloons, but you know, the the Defense Department in the United States is saying these are spy balloons. And not only have they been in the United States, and were shot, which one was shot down, they're all over the world and they're spying on military bases, yeah. um, U.S. military bases. So they're trying to get intelligence. And it's, you know, it's very frightening. Then we have the earthquake in in Turkey and Syria, which, I mean, the death count last checked was 20,000. So, I mean, we're getting into some very, very, um, we're moving into a different level of energy on this planet at this time. But I want to say something about what I found. So when I went, when I heard about the balloon, I immediately went to Neil's book, Occultus Lieber, and searched balloon. Now, this is a 900-page book. It's very difficult to read. I mean, it's, it's a hard read, but there's so much information in it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's remarkable. So I just want to read a little bit from here because I knew, I knew psychically, instinctively, whatever you want to call it, that I was going to find that balloon, the balloon incident in the book. So here we go. Now listen close if you need a clue. More certain than not, you probably do. And let these words fill not one hemisphere, but two. So now we're talking about the Western Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere. China's in the Southern Hemisphere, and their balloons entered our hemisphere, the Western Hemisphere. As homily we go. AC Ducey for a start. Blindman's Bluff if it's in the dark. Balloon ball on an expanding course. Shuttle, propanol, cock, naughty, naughty, realms of balls. <laughs> oh, no, for moving back and forth. Shuttle, propanol, cock, for moving back and forth. And in the realm of balls, we need not stall at merely two. Consider the following, and if you more, I'm sure they will all certainly do. So in the realm of balls, we need not stall at merely two. So what happened at that time I was reading the article, then a news report came on. We had the television on. They said at 11 tonight, a second balloon was spotted in Latin America. As we move forward, we're hearing that we don't, there's not merely two, they're everywhere. And this is in Occultus Libra. And so, I mean, if you look up China, if you look up balloon, there are many (laughs) clues in this book. And this is, I mean, there are so many things. Obviously, 9-11 was in the book. It was published after 9-11, but written prior to 9-11. Sandy Hook in the book. And I believe it was published. Was it published before Sandy Hook or after? But it doesn't matter. It was written before. But now we have this piece of information. The book is solidly published, and here it is. I think it's amazing. Well, I I didn't know you were going to share that, but... Yeah, I mean that that it took it, it it was a it was a hard endeavor, but yeah, it's true. Oh, and editing it, it was a hard endeavor. I edited the book. Oh my yeah. gosh, and I, I still could edit some things, but <laughs> there, I mean, it was a overwhelming yeah, it, task. It's, it was a task, but but yes, deliberately there were things in there that, um, well, prior to having written the book, there were visions that I already had experienced and seen and I just decided well we got to put it to a book form but it, it's actually well, you were, you a, were a novel a, it's not a no it's an epic it's a novel it's a fiction book it's a fiction book but it's yeah. there's all kinds of current events or predictions in the book I mean they're not even presented as predictions because it is a novel form this isn't a book you just decided to write I mean this is a book you came down to write I mean this is we're talking about being anointed and this is one of the tasks you had to accomplish and of course you know yeah. the numerology book that's that's next for us but i mean you know this is what we came down to do and it's it's very intense yeah it is i mean it's it's somewhat concerning because the times we're living in now are very dangerous times and there's been countless generations that have experienced well this is the end time most, I mean, you know, during World War II and during the 
Cold right. War crisis. There's all kinds of, I mean, obviously, we from the, from the start, of, from the beginning of time, there have been all kinds of conflicts. So, you know, obviously, someone could say the end times were 100 years ago at that time when things were intense. And, you know, now it's different because we have technology and it's advanced things have advanced to a level where we really are in the end times and it's predicted seven what 70 years past the um israel becoming a state 1945 so that generation approximately 70 years according to those predictions yeah sometime we're over over that now but it's you know we've got a, a very difficult situation with Putin uh, Putin's trying to take over the Western, Western hemisphere, hemisphere and there we are with hemispheres Korea. again yeah. well, you know we're, we're nuclear war has been kind of watered down in temperament because we're almost become immune to mass numbers of people dying not that that hasn't happened before but now with the immediacy of the news and the availability, and we, we hear this countlessly. I mean, you didn't hear in the 50s that, you know, a whole school was shot down or somebody came in and shot everybody up, and then two days later they do it someplace else. Well, this is all now just common news. It's it's horrific. It's terrifying. It's concerning. But unfortunately, like most things in life, we somewhat were impacted by the experience and then we develop immunity. Well, I think we're manipulated somewhat by the news. I don't, I mean, no, personally, I don't, I don't believe all of the mass shootings have actually happened. There are crisis actors. Some of them have. I mean, we had a shooting here in LA, Monterey Park. I watched footage and that happened. But, um, you know, like you said, nuclear war is afoot. And, and, you know, as a child, I had great fears of nuclear war. I mean, I went through a phase where I was having nightmares and extreme anxiety about nuclear war. I don't know why I had that fear as a child, but perhaps something in me knew what we were going to be facing, what I was going to be facing many years later. Um, but uh, on that note, Jennifer, is she's still listening, I think she's going to owe me a case of Verner's. <laughs> She knows what I'm talking about because we have a bet. So we'll see. I don't know when we made that bet, actually. I should have noted the year, but um, but I think I'm winning. <laughs> and I would love that case of Verner's. We can't get it here. We can't, huh? No, not the glass bottles, no. I mean, no. it's very hard. So uh, we're at the end of the show. I think we're doing our show on Monday um, next week and Friday. So uh, we will speak with you then. Okay, see you then. Bye-bye.